The decision of getting a veneer, it's, it's forever. And once you get it, people don't realize that it lasts for 10 years on average. So if you're getting them when you're 20, you're gonna actually replace them multiple times throughout your life. Um, and there's just some better non-invasive options. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Heal Thyself. Thank you for joining the show. As always, opening your heart, opening your time, opening your ears to this information, which is going to be mind-blowing. If you drink alcohol, if you ever drank alcohol, this show's for you. It's very, very important, up-to-date stuff on what the studies look like about alcohol, but really where it's going. Did you know that alcohol sales are plummeting and non-alcoholic drinks are rising exponentially? We're going to talk about it and which one of my favorite ones out there in the product review. And one of my favorite people in the world, my close friend, Dr. Ingrid Muda, is on the show. She's an orthodontist, but she's gonna talk about, listen, if you have kids and they're gonna get orthodontic work, how do you do this the right way? What do you look for? What are the important factors that go into having proper orthodontic work? As well as her just changing the game on talking about flossing, brushing, all things oral health. Very important show, you know oral health is the gateway to your whole body health. You can see a lot of diseases already happening in the mouth before they manifest in the body. So it's gonna be a really good one. I'm really excited for this segment. Let's get to this interview with Dr. Ingrid Muta. All right, today's special guest, my close, wonderful friend, Dr. Ingrid Muta. She is an orthodontist and the founder of Two Front. Now, this woman, if you don't know, is revolutionizing dentistry in the most beautiful of ways. Wait till you hear about what she has to say about things like veneers, dentistry as a whole, the feel of dentistry, orthodontics, should we keep our teeth? Should we be getting them removed? We have all of the really, really, really good stuff we need to know because guess what? We got teeth, our kids got teeth, they're gonna be going through different procedures and we wanna know how to do it correctly and safely. So Ingrid, Welcome to the show for the second time. Thank you for having me. So excited to be back. Yeah, I mean, you are a workhorse in the field of orthodontics, in the field of dentistry. You want to change the landscape, and uh, you've been at it for quite a while. If the viewers and listeners remember, you were here, your first ever podcast was on here. That's and you, right. You already blew it out of the water. I had a lot of questions about orthodontics, <laughs> but you got a lot more to talk about, right? A lot more to talk about. Dentistry oh, as a whole. Dentistry as a whole, okay. But before we get into just dentistry as a whole, this has been something that I've been thinking about here, okay? Yeah. Is getting veneers a smart decision? You know, it's a complicated answer because it depends on what your goals are. And for some people, you know, I think for me, as long as people understand what they're getting into and why they're doing something, then it might make total sense. So if your goal is to have the most beautiful smile ever, right? <laughs> it's generally an aesthetic decision. You wanna, you see what's in on Instagram or on magazines and you're like, I wanna have a beautiful white smile. Um, my answer generally is to take the most, in, the least invasive approach. You know, what I think a lot of people don't realize is our teeth are actually naturally so beautiful. And if you take your teeth and you whiten them and you move them into their right position, then you can actually get the result that you're looking for with veneers for like 20% of the cost without removing tooth structure, without affecting your bite and actually improving your bite. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
And on top of that, you know, it's it's one of these things that a lot of people don't realize that veneers don't last forever. There's a lot of different repercussions to veneers. Um, first of all, you don't just get one, you get multiple. Generally speaking, when people get veneers, they're getting their canine to their canines. So you're getting at least a couple of veneers. Um, first of all, it's really expensive. You're spending tens of thousands of dollars. You're also removing a lot of your tooth structure. And you know, unlike cutting your hair, like <laughs> removing tooth structure or enamel, it's permanent. So you're never gonna get that back. And so the decision of getting a veneer it's it's forever. And once you get it, people don't realize that it lasts for 10 years on average. So if you're getting them when you're 20, you're gonna actually replace them multiple times throughout your life. You know, we often underestimate the impact that laundry and cleaning products have on our overall health and well-being. We do. We don't think about how many of those traditional detergents and household cleaners can be loaded with harmful chemicals and toxins that wreak havoc on our body, especially if we have kids. That's why I'm always excited to bring on sponsors that I align with. Molly Suds is one of them. They're a brand that has been using an absolute game changer of a formula. Molly Suds is amazing. It's a line of laundry detergents and household cleaners that are made with safer, gentler ingredients. Again, especially for you and your children or future children, right? To me, something really important is integrity in a company. Molly Suds, super high integrity. I appreciate how powerful and effective these products are at getting your clothes clean, but it's also kinder to your health and to the environment. They have laundry detergents in particular that are free of all those nasty chemicals, right? These are ones that you might see right now in the back of your product. 1,4-dioxane, formaldehyde, synthetic dyes. You're probably gonna see fragrances. That one's gonna be really common. These are all causing allergies, disrupting your hormones, and actually are known cancer and actually some of them can increase your risk of cancer. And think about it, how often are you washing your clothes? I'll say this, the cleaning power of Molly Suds is impressive. It outperforms a lot of the mainstream brands without all the harsh stuff. And plus, this is one of my favorite parts. It's actually more cost-effective per load, which is a major bonus. And because Molly Suds is cruelty-free, vegan, and Leaping Bunny certified, I can feel good about ethical and sustainable practices behind the brand. So if you're ready to ditch those toxic cleaning products and make switch from something safer, something more effective, I highly recommend checking out Molly Suds. You can pick it up at your next Target run, or to make it even easier, just go to mollysuds.com slash DRG. Use the code DRG to get 20% off of your entire order. That is M-O-L-L-Y-S-S-U-D-S.com slash DRG and use the code DRG. Let's talk about a game changer in the world of health and fitness. This is Lumen. It is the world's first handheld metabolic coach. Let me tell you a little bit about this game changer. It's a device that measures your metabolism through your breath. And on the app, it lets you know if you are burning fats or carbs and gives you tailored guidance to improve your nutrition, your workout, your sleep, and even stress management. You're stressed. And here's how it works. You simply breathe into the Lumen device first thing in the morning, and you get real-time feedback on whether you're burning fats or carbohydrates. Lumen then provides you with personalized nutrition plans for the day based on your metabolic measurements. So why does metabolic health matter? Well, think of your metabolism as your body's engine. It's what turns food you eat into energy to keep you going throughout the day. And when your metabolism is optimized, you'll experience benefits of easier weight management, improved energy levels, better fitness results, and better sleep. That's where Lumen comes in. It helps improve your metabolic health with every single breath that you take, offering recommendations to enhance your pre and post-workout, fueling for peak performance and recovery. So if you want to take the next steps in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use the code DRG to get $100 off of Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N 
dot M-E and use the code DRG at checkout for $100 off. Before you take the, the super invasive approach of actually removing tooth structure, strain them and whiten them. People don't realize how beautiful their natural teeth are. And if you just have a good orthodontist that's creating the beautiful smile with your own natural teeth and whitening them, most people are gonna get the effect that they're looking for with veneers. Mm, which is incredible to think about because we live in a society that's such a quick, easy fix, right? Exactly. But, but there's a repercussion because when you get veneers, how small are your teeth shaped down to? You know, it really depends on the dentist. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's scarier than, you know, no matter what, even taking down a little bit is scary. Most people don't, you know, I was just like chatting with my friend last week who was like, you know, I went, she knew everything. She did the research. She was like, I want to have the most minimally invasive veneer. She just had one tooth that she wanted to have a veneer on because she chipped it. And she was like, she told her dentist, I only want one millimeter removed. Her temporary fell off while her veneer was being made, and she was terrified. She was like, my tooth's a stub. Mm. Because in when you look at it and you see even one millimeter removed all the way around, it is a scary thing because it's not, you can't go back to your natural tooth at that point. Mm. And we think about our teeth. They're not, we're not measuring in dentistry in inches. Nope. It's in millimeters because it's in there's millimeters. small little spaces that you're working in. Yeah. I remember being in dental school with my clunky hands trying to go into millimeter spaces and my hands work in inches only, probably yards. Yeah, you know? literally. And it was just crazy. So to think about the nubs uh, that are there, people don't think about that, but see the final product of it. Exactly. Celebrities got them. They had before and after. Look at this beautiful smile. Yeah. Um, so I guess that brings into your uh, specialty, orthodontics, mm -hmm. right? And... You have a different uh, take than what I have heard growing up. It's just, you know, your teeth are all jaggedy and messed up, and we want to straighten them, and this is what kids do, right? Yeah. Um, but you're saying that orthodontics and your message is it's essential as part of human health. Why? Yeah, and you know, the crazy part about this is like, I wanted to become an orthodontist when I was eight. I went through my own just incredible experience with Dr. Gottsig in New Orleans, shout out to him. And he basically gave me the confidence to really make so many decisions in my life. And I realized it's all about what it does to you as a human being. I was smiling more, which made me happier, which then made everyone around me happier because I was smiling more. And I realized that that's super powerful. Then I got into, residency for orthodontics. Before that, I was in dental school at NYU. I never really learned at NYU how orthodontics is truly the foundation of preventative healthcare. So, you know, people know this in medicine. People realize that doctors are generally treating, not preventing, which obviously is like the crux of what you talk about. Dentistry is the same way. <laughs> in dentistry, you get into dental school and you're like, all right, how do I treat a cavity? How do I fix this broken tooth? But how do we prevent that? And we're taught brushing and flossing is the crux of that. But there's actually so much more that you can do. You know, what a lot of people don't realize, and what I didn't realize until I was in orthodontic residency, is that you have all these muscles in your cheek and your tongue that every single day, as you're talking, as you're moving, as you're grinding at night, they're actually moving your teeth. And you also have saliva underneath your tongue, which is extruding ions, and those ions are moving your teeth, like calcium ions, 
estrogen in women's saliva is moving their teeth. And because of that, our bite is constantly changing and kind of being affected in a way that affects our long-term oral health. So, you know, what, a, what I realize in residency is that if you want to keep your teeth forever, which you should, we can talk about implants and like <laughs> how different it changes, you know, your overall oral health. If you want to keep your long, your teeth forever, I really recommend to everyone, you know, straighten your teeth with an orthodontist, make sure your bite is healthy so that you're biting on all your teeth evenly. And that's going to prevent you from having recession, having your gums recede, which is permanent, and then having surgery down the line to replace that, mm -hmm. um, you know, breaking teeth because you have a bad bite and therefore you are like breaking teeth unnecessarily or cavities. Like a lot of people have crowding or spacing. And if you don't have that proper contact between your teeth, then you get more cavities. And so there's so much that can be prevented. You know, I think the latest studies show you can save $40,000 over the course of your lifetime if you have straight teeth and a healthy bite on dental costs. Mm, whoa, over the over your lifetime. And we, yeah. we don't take account for that, right? Because there's nope. an upfront cost when you're a teenager or growing up or even yeah. an adult. And then through our lifetime, we don't think about what a chipped tooth costs. Yeah. Oh, gum recession. Oh, another cavity. Yep. Right? Oh, this time it's time for an implant, he says, or a bridge or whatnot. Yep. It's pretty incredible to think about uh, how we don't account for that, but the importance of straight teeth proper bite is is essential for our oral health. Totally, and we're not taught that. And you know, the analogy that I'm starting to use nowadays, it would be as if your dermatologist, like you go to your dermatologist and like they didn't tell you that SPF could prevent you from skin cancer or wrinkles and everything else. You know, general dentists don't really know that analogy of like, how do you prevent, you know, you want to go to your, de your dentist and have them tell you how to prevent cavities, how to prevent bridges and implants and everything. And that's what the messages should be going across to all patients, mm -hmm. because that is how you prevent, you know, you don't want to go, why do people hate the dentist? Because you always go in and it's unnecessary. It's like all these things and you're like, what? Do I really have six fillings? Do I really need a bridge? Do I really need a crown? How do you get ahead of that? Are a lot of dentists doing unnecessary procedures then? Complicated answer. A <laughs> um, little bit of background. So like general dentists, the, the dental industry is basically 70 to 80% small businesses, 20 to 30% DSOs, dental service organizations, which are basically private equity backed roll-ups of dental offices. So depending on where you go, you know, and this is why it's so hard to find a dentist, depending on where you go, if you have a really good dentist, they're never gonna do unnecessary dental work because they value you and you as a human being and your relationship. If you go to a private equity backed roll-up, there are, these are basically, there's a management that basically pushes production. And so what that means is they'll employ a dentist full time and they'll say, okay, this month we need 16 crowns, we need 12 bridges, we need 20 implants. But what if they don't have a patient base that actually has this work? And I'm sure you remember from dental school, it's kind of the same thing. They're like, to graduate, you need to complete 20 crowns. What if your patient base doesn't have those crowns? Right, then what do you do? Then what? And so it's that mentality from the onset of education of like pushing production right. and not, you know, you take, we take all these ethics classes all throughout dental school, but then you're being told to do procedures that might not be there. And so it really depends, you know, on <laughs> who you go to, which is why finding a good dentist is so key. Mm, I have a good one. And, yeah? and she was on the show and, and it, it's, it's, we sit and we talk about everything. The diet, the lifestyle, yep. uh, the flossing, the brushing, the stress levels. 
Then she does a full everything. She checks the gum, she checks the teeth, the bite, uh, if I'm mouth breathing, my tongue posture, everything, just to make sure that it's sort of like a holistic view. Yep. But she is so key on uh, preventative, preventative, preventative. And this is how it should be practiced. Mm-hmm. I grew up being very terrified of the dentist because every year I had a new cavity from like the age of like five to, I don't know, 16. It was just over and over. So I remember very clearly, and if I hear the drilling, my muscles will tense. There's like a somatic memory from it. Totally. One um one thing about that is, you know, what one thing that um people don't know about cavities, a lot of people don't know, is that cavities actually come in layers. And so your teeth, each and every tooth is alive, right? And the outside layers is enamel, which we're always constantly brushing and taking care of and trying to, it's a hard outer, outer layer made of hydroxyapatite crystalline structure. And the way you get cavities is that you're eating sugar and you have bacteria in your mouth, you have thousands of species of bacteria in your mouth, and they're releasing acid. And the acid is what basically eats away at that layer of enamel. But just because it eats away doesn't make it a cavity. Mm. You know, there's in dental school, we call it, there's the enamel layer and then there's a dentin layer. And within enamel, we call it E1 and E2. And then within dentin, there's D1 and D2. And the middle is a root. And so if you, if that acid eats away that enamel, you might have a little bit of like an E1 lesion. That doesn't mean you should be drilling it. And that's kind of the big misconception. Whenever I hear someone say, I went to my dentist and I have 12 cavities. You don't have 12 cavities. <laughs> you have 12 E1 or E2 lesions. All that means is that you've got to remineralize your teeth. Yeah. You know, like right now, for me, for the past couple of years, I've had like six E1 lesions, but I remineralized my teeth and I'm good. Mm. <laughs> it's only when it gets into the dentin layer that you do have to take care of it because your dentin is tubular and the bacteria can actually go to your root and that's what causes the need for a root canal. Mm. And then you got a dead tooth after and that. And then you've got a dead tooth. Which is not a good thing. Nope. You want your teeth alive and vital and strong, right? Exactly. So do, how do you feel about root canals? <laughs> it's a very controversial sh- subject. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't know enough. You know, in the center of your root, when you get a root canal, people put what's called gutta percha. And gutta percha is a substance that has been, you know, now people are saying, like, maybe we shouldn't have gutta percha in our in our ecosystem. I don't know enough about if gutta percha is bad for us or not. What I do know is that um, there's this tendency where people say, you know what, I'll just get implants down the line that people really need to know the repercussions of. And so I think if I were to say what's better, taking out a tooth and putting in an implant or keeping out a percha and keeping your tooth, the big difference is, is that you can actually feel the sensation of your tooth when you're actually, when you have that tooth and you don't have an implant. When you actually, when you, if you need a root canal because that tooth died, you still have what's called a periodontal ligament attached to your tooth. And that ligament, you know, it's kind of, your teeth are all next to each other, obviously. And then beneath your gums and your bone, you have all these ligaments that are kind of sticking out and holding the tooth in place. And that's kind of the beauty of like when we're biting and we have like, we like have different kinds of forces and we're grinding, your teeth are actually able to withstand the forces because you have these ligaments. And so it's protecting your teeth and it's also giving you sensations saying, this is good. This is a good feeling. This is a bad feeling. This hurts. Like I need to stop biting so hard. When you have implants, you don't have that PDL anymore, that periodontal ligament. Mm. And that makes it harder because you don't have actual sensation. It's a literal implant in your body. Mm. And it's not holding. And it's not, yeah, it's holding, um, 
it, it does form a different kind of ligament, but it's not your natural one. So you don't feel that sensation the way that you would if you kept your natural teeth. It's kind of like a dead tooth. Again, it's a dead tooth, yeah. So regardless, root canal or implant, you're gonna have a dead tooth in, in many ways. Yeah. Um, I'll go back. What helped for me uh, for preventing cavities, I was every year getting cavities was two things, hydroxyapatite toothpaste mm -hmm. and mouth taping. Because I noticed that during when I'm sleeping, I'll sometimes wake up and my mouth will open. And drying yeah. out the mouth, drying out the saliva was, it, it's crazy. I started mouth taping and it was gone. I never again had a cavity. That's real because that really, it's, it's oxygenating your bacteria in your mouth. And you have all these aerobic and anaerobic bacteria in your mouth. And if you're oxygenating your bacteria, you know, that can cause cavities. So I totally see how that helped mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And, and who knows, maybe it was like, because it was, I was eating like all the fruit cereals and yeah. sugar cereals and all the candies when I was young and that played a big role. But then I ate healthier and I was still getting cavities and I was like, what is happening? What am I doing wrong? I'm flossing twice a day. I'm brushing three times a day like a crazy man, you know? Yep. And and that was it for me. But um, I always tell people, hey, try this out and see how it works. It's really smart. And it's one of those things that like we don't really learn in school. So a lot of dentists are so averse to like prescribing anything that's not like clinically backed. But so many people don't realize that that stuff's old school. That stuff's old school. <laughs> Quick story. Like when I was in ortho residency, I was in my second year residency. I was like just learning how to move teeth. We were taking our first set of boards and I'm studying these 75 papers, like, you know, 20 page papers for my board. It's like you did too. And I'm looking at all them, and it's like 1945, you know, 1975, and I'm kind of like, huh, okay, I'm still studying them. Studying, 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 and the conclusion of like over 50% of them was inconclusive. Yeah. And I was like, I raised my hand. <laughs> I was like, wait, are we being tested on a lot of stuff that's inconclusive? No one else questioned it. <laughs> mm. Everyone else was kind of just like, all right, study it, like pass the test, become an orthodontist. But they really made me realize the foundation of what we know. You know, I heard your most, I heard what you were saying recently about when you were studying cancer and you were like, these doctors don't know so much about how cancer works. Yeah. Same thing in like dentistry and orthodontics. We're studying old school stuff. And, and I think it's because we don't see the body as a whole. Yep. Right? It, it, we, we value so much specialties, right? Mm -hmm. We value the GI doctor, right? The endocrinology mm -hmm. doctor, the oral surgeon. But what if we looked at, as a whole, how your hormones and your gut are affecting your teeth, right? So then everyone is on the phone together. Yeah. And everyone's doing a board where they can go over all the specialties for one patient and going, whoa, actually we see a trend in all of this, right? So yep. it, it, that's what I found is, and that's why I went into this, because I'm like, no, the specialties ain't the answer, right? You, you can't have uh, an engine problem and just take out the engine when the whole car is a mess, right? The wheels are a mess, uh, the, the, the rotors are a mess. You know, you have to look at the car as a whole, you have to look at the person as a whole. So that's, that's the way that I always thought about it. But I want to talk about implants. You mentioned implants, and this, these are very common. I have yeah. people in their 20s that have asked me about implants, and I was like, no, just go follow Dr. Ingrid, I don't know. <laughs> and, then, and, uh, and and what what is it, you, you mentioned that uh, it takes away the periodontal ligament, um, but are they safe, do they last long, are they forever? 
So there's this phase when, and by the way, I'm definitely not an implant specialist, so I can tell you high level from dental school what I know. I actually just left this morning the 4M Institute in Laguna Beach, which is this like incredible institute for people who actually need implants. Um, and and just quick note on that, because I was so impressed. These are people who are, are like edentulists, people who have already lost their teeth and it's too late, you know? It's like they didn't have the preventative health care and how not having teeth, I mean, for anyone who's who doesn't know, it's like the worst thing in the world it mm. really is like from a confidence level from a from a biting level eating chewing everything it's so bad but implants in this case is incredible because it's they're implants that are assisting that are um, supporting dentures and dentures have this horrible problem of like they don't stay so if you are older and like people in their 60s and 70s have lost their teeth they wear these dentures and they just come in and out they flop in and out like as you're talking that's why they come out that's why they come out yeah. and it's humiliating to these poor people it doesn't allow them to eat but implant assisted dentures are amazing because it allows them to kind of stay in your mouth and so even though you're not feeling teeth even though you're not you know all the things that that I preach about preventative oral health care and keeping your teeth, implants in that case are amazing because it allows you to restore your function, your face, your bone. One thing that people, a lot of people don't know is that if you don't have teeth in your bone, your bone actually resorbs. So basically your bone, in as soon as you lose a tooth, in the first year of not having that tooth, you've lost 20% of your bone. You've lost most of it within five years, which is why if you lose a tooth, putting an implant in is so important. Mm -hmm. So implants can be incredible and life-saving to so many different people. They can restore people's confidence in lives. Um, but if you can prevent that, <laughs> it's it's the best thing ever. Mm. And so what's, when is it indicated for an implant on a healthy, if you have healthy teeth, healthy gums, but it, it, one tooth, is it when you have a really bad cavity or your root canal's failing and then you need an implant? Why, why do, are we just giving implants in general? Honestly, I think it's a lot of lack of education. People think, to, to what you were saying earlier about like the quick fix, like I want a pretty smile, veneers. I want to replace my tooth implant. Like it just feels like the sexy solution, right? Without realizing like what the implications are, the cost, the longevity. Um, uh, in terms of who gets it, you know, if, if, if it were me or a friend, Again, like I don't know too much about the studies of gutta percha and whether or not you want to keep gutta percha in your mouth. But from my endodontist friends who study this, they say it's it's fine. Um, they went through multiple years of studying this stuff and figuring out whether or not it's bad for your body. And so I think for now, at least, I still think that they're fine. Mm. Um, if a root canal fails, I would do it again. I would just redo it because I think it would be better than having an implant. Because an implant success rate, while I don't know what it is, the success rate isn't 100%. You know, there's there's a lot that has to be done to keep that implant safe in your mouth and keep it, and keep it um, it's called osseointegration. You want your bone to really adapt to that implant and really retain it. And so many things can happen to, so that it fails, you know, it's... Your, you know, basic bacteria doesn't work with that surface level, and it's and it doesn't osteointegrate, and it doesn't work. So I would say always like choose your natural tooth, and even with root canals, it's still your natural tooth. You still mm. have the periodontal ligament. Mm. Interesting to hear that because a lot of people uh, don't know. know what to do with root canals or implants. It's controversial. 
Look, staying hydrated is the key to feeling your best. It is a it was my first post ever on Instagram about hydration and water. But you know, all the concerns about tap water and quality of tap water. I, put, I did a lot of shows on it, talking about you can even find what is the quality of your tap water. It's hard to know if what you're drinking is truly clean. And for me, it's so important, so so important. This is one of the first interventions I tell people. The first investments: get yourself a good quality water filter the most pure water without worrying about those contaminants. That's why I'm super excited to share with you AquaTrue. If you followed me, I've been talking about AquaTrue since 2018. I've had it since 2018. And I'm so happy they're a sponsor because it's something that I really have been using for the long term. AquaTrue purifiers, they use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, meaning they tackle all those harmful contaminants right head on. And what's the best part? There's no installation, no plumbing required. You plug it in and you're good to go. Almost half of the U.S. tap water contains PFAS. These are forever chemicals, polyfluorinated chemicals that we get from the water, usually a byproduct of the industry that goes into the clouds, it rains, and it gets all over our water system. It is one of the biggest concerns in environmental medicine right now. AquaChew certified to remove these contaminants and many more to give you that peace of mind. Plus, their range of purifiers fits every single home from countertop options to under sink models. And don't forget, they also have a Wi-Fi connected purifier and mineral boost option. Check that one out. But really, one of the main reasons I love AquaChew is because not only does it remove all of those really, really concerning chemicals, the ones that I talk about so much on the show, the ones that were found throughout so many water systems across the United States that cause so many diseases, including cancer, we have something that removes that. It's affordable and long-lasting, lasting up to six months to two years, these filters. And think about it, one set of filters makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents of a bottle. So if you're going out to the supermarket and buying those water bottles by the dozen, or by the 30 pack, not only are you putting a burden to the environment with the plastic, you're putting a burden to your body with the plastic and it's not even quality water. So since switching to AquaTrue, it's been the best of the best. Everyone in my family has one, all my friends have one. And the best part is AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee. So you can try it risk-free. And for you, the Heal Thyself listener, you get 20% off of any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code DRG at checkout. So if you're ready to upgrade your water game and enjoy pure, clean water straight from the tap, don't wait. Go to AquaTrue.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. You know, when it comes to overall health, the little daily habits can make a huge difference. Take flossing, for example. Seems like such a minor thing, right? But taking good care of your teeth and gums does way more than just prevent cavities and bad breath. Emerging research shows that it can actually support whole body health, and may even prevent cognitive decline as you age. That's wild, right? That's why I'm really excited to tell you about this awesome company called Slate and their game-changing 3-in-1 electric flosser. It's the only product out there that flosses your teeth, massages your gums, and even scrapes your tongue to remove bacteria to promote fresher breath. I've been using the Slate flosser for about a month now, and I'm hooked. Unlike regular floss picks that you have to jam into your mouth, this electric flosser does all the work for you with 12,000 sonic vibrations per minute, really cleaning out them gums. The innovative gum sweeps give your gums a gentle massage to increase circulation too. And let's not forget the built-in tongue scraper to help zap bad breath at the source. So to start one of the easiest and healthiest daily habits with the Slate Electric Flosser, go to slateflosser.com and use the code DRG to get 10% off of your very own flosser. That's 10% off of your easy-to-use Slate Electric Flosser at slateflosser.com slash DRG, S-L-A-T-E-F-L-O-S-S-E-R.com, and the code is DRG. With an implant, having different metalloids in the mouth, creating a different a galvanic potential. 
and how that affects being so close to the brain, which is literally running on electric potential. Um, it's a, so there's a lot of people that have brought in things like, um, it's not titanium, um, there's another metal that they're using. Amalgam. Yeah, well not, no, it wasn't the amalgam, but the, the implant itself is being utilized as um, zirconium. Mm, they're yep. using zirconium as, as something that is more inert. Yep. But it's, a, it's something that I think about, I knock on wood, never had to have an implant, but I got a lot of research to do if I ever have to, knock on wood. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that I just wanted to bring up. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and, you know, to go back, you know, the implants are like the worst case scenario. It's kind of like, it's kind of like you are literally run over and you lost the limb and now you've got to replace your limb. That's what it is. Mm. It's literally like you were replacing a part of your body because every tooth in your mouth is alive. Literally every tooth has its very own nervous system and its very own blood supply. So you want to honor them and take care of them and keep them forever. And so I think to kind of circle back to what you're saying about like collaboration and healthcare, dentistry is the same way. You know, there's nine different dental specialties. You go to dental school, you become 70% of people become general dentists, about 30% become specialists. But then there's a massive segregation where basically, you know, every specialist goes to school for somewhere between two to six years, ranging from pediatric dentistry to oral surgery and implantology. And the problem is that there's not a very collaborative platform for dentists and their specialists to operate. And it's one of those things where my very first year when I was working in New York as an orthodontist, I'll never forget my very first day working in an office. I saw 95 patients that day. I had six assistants. It was the craziest thing ever. I had like five minutes per patient. And I'd be like, wait, this patient needs a root canal. Okay, we've got to like contact their, their endodontist. What do we do? I need to print out something, fill out a form, sign it, fax it, like, but how do I keep track of it? Like, how, how am I going to make sure that endodontist gets back to me? How are we going to make sure this endodontist has, gives the care that they need before their next visit? Meanwhile, I'm on to my next patient who needs orthognathic surgery. Mm. <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, I've got to find this orthognathic surgeon. I've got to collaborate with them. I've got to talk to them about what I see orthodontically. Everything is happening after hours on the phone. I'm like a madman, like literally keeping track of all my papers and all my referrals, mm -hmm. faxing it all over. They're all busy seeing patients during the day. And I truly realized like, this is not an orthodontic patient. This is a human being that has holistic needs and needs a lot of specialists. And they don't have specialists in their pocket. Who, who do you know that has a dentist, an endodontist, a periodontist, an oral yeah. surgeon, a pediatric dentist? Yeah. They don't have that. And so we're doing such a disservice for the patient by just treating them as this like, and providers, frankly, because providers want to provide good care. You know, like they get into healthcare, you know, getting into healthcare isn't easy. Yeah. You're going through miserable pre-med and med school and board exams and like not making money and student loans and all this stuff. You do it because you care about people. Mm. You want to help the world, right? But they're not being set up for success because there's so many different, you're basically told to operate as a small business and like work with this old school system. You've never taken a business class in your life. And like, you're just trying to do your best without being able to. Mm. It, it, hearing the insider scoop on what the uh, dental, dental structure, orthodontic structure looks like, it's pretty wild because it sounds to me you needed 95 assistants that day Literally. doing that work so you can just be the doctor that you want to be. Totally. Um, so let's say me in the dark, um, I want to find a good dentist or I have kids and they're, they're ready for orthodontic work. 
Is there a platform where people are all collaborating with each other? Like, what is the interface now? What is the future? What's the what's the WebMD WebMD 10.0 for dentistry? Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know. If this is a trick question. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're trying to build it at two front. Like we're we're really starting with orthodontics, and like our tagline is the future of dental care is collaborative. We want orthodontists to not work in a silo anymore, but to collaborate with dentists. The ratio of specialists to general dentists, all specialists, is so small. Orthodontics in particular, it's there's 10,000 orthodontists in the country and 200,000 general dentists in the country. And that same ratio exists all over the world. You know, if my ortho friends from residency are in Thailand, Geneva, Brazil, and the same thing happens everywhere. And everyone's working in a silo. Everyone's being told, start a clinic, hang a shingle on your door, open up a Yelp account, a Yelp account yeah. like try to network with people around you. And and the problem is general dentists, in, are they don't, because they can't collaborate and because they don't want to lose money, they're trying to do more and more in-house. And it's too late before they realize, oh shoot, that root canal, I probably should have referred to an endodontist. And so really, like we have such an insane mission of partnering specialists with these general dentists and being able to provide them with this very easy, seamless platform that empowers them to really generate passive income and provide their patients with the best care so they don't have to make the decision every day. Like, do I do this root canal? Do I take out this tooth? You know, I heard one story recently, which was so tragic, and we can shift after this, where a general, a friend's general dentist took out their wisdom teeth, didn't realize that it was impinging on a nerve, and the patient was left with chronic damage. Long story short, there was a massive lawsuit. Thank God the person's um, nerves are restoring. But, you know, it's not that that dentist was trying to harm them, it's that they didn't know any better. And so I think that if we can provide this platform where general dentists are at the helm of everything, just like your general practitioners at the helm of everything, but you can basically connect them to the specialists around them, refer that care, still, you know, monetize on it, because obviously we're living in a capitalist society, that's going to be the best thing for humanity. Mm. I think about uh, how necessary this is because... You know that when I had my orthodontic work, I went to a general dentist. Yep. My parents had brought me to general dentist, and uh, she took out two, four, six, eight of my teeth. Oh, my God. Right? It, on each quadrant. It's crazy. Eight of my teeth. And um, it set me back two years in my orthodontic journey because it was all wrong. Once we finally had the opportunity to go see uh, orthodontists in New York, He's like, I don't know what this lady's doing. He's like, yep. but but your teeth are a mess. They're worse than you started. And we, I remember it was bad. It was real bad. But is that common that just general dentists are out of their scope and thinking that they can do orthodontics like that? And can they do that? Is that even legal? Oh my goodness, this is a rabbit hole. <laughs> so the ADA, the American, um, American Dentistry Association, basically has made it so that general dentists can do any procedure. There's no limitations. So... 
you know, like quick side story because people generally understand medicine more than dentistry. I have a friend who's an anesthesiologist who basically was telling me recently that there's this new technology that empowers him to do a little bit of neurosurgery. He's like, you know, it's like, it's very easy. I take this tool and I put it in someone's back as an anesthesiologist and I can do some neurosurgery procedures. And I was like, do you really want to be doing that? Who's the liability on? Is it on this new company that says you can do this or is it on your license? The same thing happens in dentistry. You know, the biggest company, obviously, in my field being Invisalign. Invisalign, the very first three years of operating, said it was, like, it was a company for orthodontists. They were like, hey, orthodontists, you actually don't have to just use braces anymore. There's this new amazing technology where you can actually manipulate clear liners through software to 3D print them so that your patients can actually have a better experience while moving their teeth. First three years, they grew like crazy, and then they capped out. And they're like, there's no more clients for us. So they went to general dentists. And then now their pool expanded drastically. But the ADA wasn't regulating that. You know, there's not a lot of regulation around what you can and can't do. And the problem is, is that it's just lack of knowledge, um, that there's no, and, and I should say, our legal system, um, our government, there's not any knowledge around how these things work, which is kind of what happened with these mail-order liner companies. You know, they advertised and had this incredible brand marketing around, hey, everyone can straighten their own teeth in the mail now. Wasn't that easy? All these lawsuits came out over the past seven years, and now people generally tend to realize that. Um, but it's so complicated. Like, dentistry is not, you can't just like Google it, right, in a way that you can trust WebMD a little bit more. And so there's a lot of misconception around that. Mm, and, and to go back to Clearliners, then what is the problem? Because there's a lot of people who are like swearing by it. They go, you know what? I can order it. I, no one's going to see it. It's, it's so much more statically comfortable. I don't have to wear braces. Uh, what is the problem? Can, is it true that no one, not everyone could just order them and use them? Uh, is there a liability for our health if we're just ordering clear liners without really proper organization on saying you can do this and you can't do that? Yeah, there is. <laughs> um, I didn't realize it until I was in residency. You know, back when I was in dental school, I was like, huh, like I know that general dentists can do Invisalign. When am I going to learn how to move teeth with Invisalign? And then I was like, you know what? It must be easier than I, than I thought. Then I got into ortho residency and I started moving teeth with both braces and Invisalign. And I was like, oh my God, this is just as hard as moving teeth with braces. The reason why is because braces is metal and clear liners are just plastic. And they're just tools that as an orthodontist, you basically learn how to move them, to move teeth in three dimensions, healthily, into the right position in a short amount of time. Um, no one wants to be in clear liners for four years, right? Um, and even if you're wearing it for four years, you still want results at the end. In order to get results, you need that foundation of learning how to move teeth. I tell people there's no AI moving teeth. It's people. Invisalign has 8,000 people, you know, technicians in Costa Rica that are being told through the software by a doctor how to move teeth. And the problem is if that doctor is not an orthodontist, if they're a general dentist, they don't have a training in biomechanics, so they don't actually know how to move those teeth. And the way these mail-order liner companies work is they've eliminated doctors altogether. So there's no orthodontist and there's no dentist. There's just technicians in Eastern Europe who are basically getting these molds of your teeth, moving your teeth online, and basically 3D printing aligners. So in short, the way clear liners works is you take an impression of your teeth, whether it's mold, a mold or a 3D scan, someone then moves teeth using software. And that's really the crux of it. Like, how do you actually move teeth? And it's not a video game. <laughs> There's a lot of kind of science behind that and knowledge you need to know. 
and then 3D aligners are printed based on that software, and then you wear it. And so if that second stage isn't right, if you're not, if someone isn't moving your teeth and doesn't know and, and knows how to move teeth using the right attachments, you know, in the right order, then not only most people not get results, but bad things can happen. Like the worst things you've seen on TikTok is like people, there's too much pressure on teeth and teeth become loose and people have literally pulled out their teeth. Um, other things that happen are you move your teeth too quickly and your roots, if you move your teeth too quickly, your roots shorten. And as your roots shorten, basically your teeth become less stable in your bone because there's less anchorage and they become more mobile and eventually they can come out. Whoa. Just yeah. from clear liners. Yes. Improperly being prescribed or used. Exactly. I incredible. And they're talking about that on TikTok. People are t showing the problems with them. Yep. I saw someone send me a TikTok of a woman crying, pulling on her aligner and her tooth being in her aligner. That is terrifying. Yep. I think I had a nightmare about something like that. I know. It, it's really, it's really, really tough to, it's to really hear. Bad. But, but th this begs the question. It's like, how fast do we rely on the gods of technology versus the art of medicine and dentistry, right? Because there has to be an interface where we could do it responsibly, but it doesn't sound like it's being done responsibly. It's not being done responsibly. And, you know, my opinion is that if there are venture-backed companies that are, you know, that's kind of how... These companies grow so big. Suddenly, tens of millions and hundreds of millions of dollars are being poured primarily into Facebook marketing, Instagram marketing. And suddenly, everyone knows about this company. But who is this company founded by? <laughs> are there doctors? Are there specialists? You know, this has happened kind of like all over healthcare. And I truly believe that if there's a company being revolutionized in a, cer a certain field, they have to have a doctor. And it's crazy that that's not like at the helm of revolutionizing an industry. I'm a big believer in the entire healthcare industry needs to be revamped. Providers need to work smarter, not harder, which is just gonna give patients better care. But it has to be done in a way that's smart and good for the patient. Mm. I'm thinking about how, how you're creating a revolution with uh, Two Front. And, and I'm just waiting to see the, the hundreds of thousands of ad revenue so it pops up on my Facebook. And I'm like, I know the founder of that. When it's on my Instagram, I know the founder of that because you really are making massive, massive waves. Is, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I see that as your friend. Is, is then the solution for clear liners to take a step back? Can we use them? Responsibly? Is that even a oh, thing? Absolutely. It's clear liners, to be clear, <laughs> are the like such an insane revolution in dentistry. They're amazing. I would never, as a provider, go back to braces because when I was in residency, I learned how to treat all typical braces cases with clear liners. A lot of, you know, even general dentists nowadays, what with our model, we staff an orthodontist at a dental office. And they go in once a month and we give them the software to actually run a virtual practice from that office, do digital consultations, manage patients that are in treatment virtually, schedule and reschedule on their own so that they can run the most efficient Invisalign practice. But, and we only give them Invisalign because Invisalign truly is the best software as long as it's in the hands of a specialist. It's worth the price, it's worth the premium. We work with orthodontists who typically specialize in Invisalign over braces. Unfortunately, not every orthodontist does, so it's limited, you know, how many orthodontists can actually treat all cases. But there's a lot of orthodontists out there who can treat extraction cases like yours. I don't know if yours was actually an extraction case, but some, some people have extreme, extreme crowding. And what happens is to make room to straighten those teeth, you've got to take teeth out. So if you need eight millimeters, back to millimeters of, a, of room, you take two teeth out. Not eight, but generally two is like what you're what you're looking to extract. 
Um, and there's a lot of orthodontists nowadays who can use Invisalign for all of that. And so I think it's insanely revolutionary, especially as an adult. You know, like I remember my mom when she was in her 30s and I was a kid was wearing braces and she was humiliated. She would wear her red lipstick, would get all over her braces, all over her teeth. We can wear clear liners now and improve her smile. And nowadays, adults are going through it, orthodontics, like three times in their life because teeth move all the time. And if you don't wear your retainers every night, then they continue to move. And so it's amazing that we can constantly, you know, make ourselves feel better and enhance our confidence with clear liners. Mm -hmm. You said something and it, <laughs> it triggered a little exclamation mark over my head. Do I have to wear my retainer every single night? Yes. Well, the rest of my life? Yes, oh, at goodness. least, I would say at least three times a week. And the reason why, and by the way, like I'm an orthodontist and I'm guilty of this. I've gone through this three times already because I'm so stubborn and I don't like wearing my retainer and now I'm suffering the consequences. But your teeth move forever, you know? It's not, it goes back to like you have a live ecosystem in here. You have, so your alveolar bone, which is the bone that your teeth are housed in, is softer than the rest of your bone. So, you know, the rest of our bone is like hypercalcified and strong and like, which is why we can work out and things. The alveolar bone is this incredible bone that's a little bit softer. It's a little bit more marrowy. And that's what allows the forces of resistance. That's why we can chew. That's why we can feel. That's why our teeth can actually um, withstand forces without breaking of mastication, of eating. So back to retainers. Your soft bone is amazing because it allows you to chew and eat whatever you want. Now let's chat about something crucial, that is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, right, we have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s. And, and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or on your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. Pure's O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Pure is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Pure.com. Use my promo code DRG. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Pure. These days... These days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water or kombucha or coffee or tea. But not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century-old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha 
not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick. Yeah, okay. But for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting and antioxidant benefits, the phytonutrients nurture my digestive system, the EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently. And the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see, I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up. So easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha, plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash DRG. They're so confident that you're going to love it. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. No code at checkout. Just go to P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash DRG. You're going to get 15% off plus all those freebies. But because your bone is soft, your teeth have a tendency to move. Mm. And because you have muscles all in your mouth and ions that actually move your teeth, like the calcium ions in your saliva, that is a building up. That is what causes plaque and that moves your teeth. That is your saliva is being excreted all day, every day. And because of that, you have to wear retainers to keep a beautiful, healthy, natural smile. That's why I, I remember asking my orthodontist right when I finally got my braces off. I was like, hey, Dr. Coyle, I remember him. Dr. Coyle, how long do I have to wear these retainers? And he smirked and he didn't answer me. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, I, I guess a year, <laughs> you know? But uh, then I found out it's the rest of my life. Yep. And, and hey, look, I wear them probably twice a week. That's great. Twice a week. But when I put them on... They're tight. They're tight. Yep. They're really tight. My teeth are sore for a little bit. It's like, but I never, one time I it went like a, a really long time and I put it on, I'm like, they barely fit. And it was like, I felt pain actually. That's what happens. That's what happens. But thank God. Um, so yeah, everyone, viewers and listeners, if you got your retainer. Wear it. Make sure you wear it. You know, even I wake up, I take off my mouth tape and I smile and I have metal mouth. I love it. And it's really, it's really funny anyway. Um, so, okay. Is there anything else that you got on your chest that you really want to talk about that is really important for the viewers and listeners to hear? Let's think. You know, I think like the most important thing that's on my mind is like helping people just make the best decisions about their oral health. Um, you know, it's not just about flossing and brushing. If you want to, you should want to keep your teeth healthy for the rest of your life for so many reasons. It's going to enhance the quality of your life forever. You don't want to have a fake leg if you don't need one, right? You don't want to have an implant in your mouth if you don't need it. Take good care of your teeth, straight teeth and a healthy bite. That's how you're going to prevent cavities. It's how you're going to prevent fracturing teeth that are in the wrong place. It's how you're going to prevent recession. It's going to save you on long-term dental costs. And that's going to be your healthiest, happiest mouth and therefore your, your healthiest, happiest self. Mm, man, what a way to close. And where do people find you? Um, at Dr. Ingrid Mira or at mytwofront.com. Amazing. What an honor and gift it is to have one of my closest friends on the show for the second time. Thank you for having me. Everybody go follow her. If you have teeth, go follow her. (laughs) If you're going to have kids and they're going to have teeth, go follow her. Make sure you listen to all these beautiful tips. And thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, we got to talk more about alcohol. You know, I did a show, episode 123, I talked about the negative effects of alcohol. In episode 125, I talked about how to remove alcohol from your life. But I got some updates about alcohol. Alcohol is the worst drug out there. It is the number one worst drug. 2010 study in the prestigious Lancet scored 20 drugs on 16 criteria. Nine related to the harms that the drug produces for the individual, and seven related to the harms that they produce to others. And the drugs were scored out of 100 points. 
and the criteria are weighed to indicate the relative importance. Modeling showed that heroin, crack cocaine, and methamphetamine were some of the most harmful drugs to individuals, whereas alcohol, heroin, and crack were the most harmful drugs to others. But overall, when they took all of this information, scored it, alcohol was the most harmful drug with an overall harm score of 72, with heroin with an overall harm score of 55 and crack 54, second and third place. It's a cold hard fact that has been echoed in multiple studies continually scoring alcohol as the worst drug out there. Okay, the score must be so high because it's harming others, but actually no, alcohol is terrible for the body. And don't let the social acceptance tell you otherwise. Research shows that one in 10 individuals aren't aware of how bad alcohol is. It's causing seven different types of cancers in the body, oropharynx, larynx, esophagus, breast, liver, colon, and rectum. And the head and neck is the strongest evidence out there. Why? Because alcohol, the ethanol, is an oxidant in the body, and it continuously produces ongoing oxidation, creating cellular changes that can cause DNA damage and lead to cancer. Nearly 3 million deaths globally are attributed to alcohol use, including 12% of deaths in males between the age of 15 and 49. So up to June 1st of 2021, science believed that alcohol can be consumed in small amounts and it would be safe, and binge drinking, that's the problem. But now we know that ain't true. Oxford University showed that no amount of alcohol is safe for consumption, and it is detrimental to the brain. The researchers set out to look at the effects of the brain when exposed to alcohol. And they were operating from the premise that moderate amounts of alcohol is common and viewed harmless to brain health. The groups of participants were never drinkers, former drinkers, and current drinkers. And what they tested, among many other endpoints, was brain volume and matter. So here are the six alcohol myths that we learned based from the 2021 Oxford study. No alcohol is healthier than the other. The belief that wine is healthier is false. Alcohol is alcohol, regardless of resveratrol and wine, probiotics and hard kombucha, low sugar and vodka, it doesn't matter. Two, there's no safe dose for alcohol for the brain, and that was found. Three, Moderate consumption is associated with more widespread adverse effects on the brain than previously recognized. Four, moderate amounts of alcohol can cause brain changes that are equivalent to seven glasses of wine, seven spirit drinks, or eight glasses of beer per week. And even light drinking can affect the brain, and that's 3.5 glasses of wine per week, three and a half spirits, and four glasses of beer. And number six, alcohol isn't safe. Alcohol will affect you in a dose-dependent manner throughout the time that you've been drinking it. And even a low dose will affect your health. So if you need more, I got you. Alcohol makes you less resilient of a human being. It disrupts the way your brain talks to your adrenal glands. So a 2016 study in the Canadian Journal of Psychiatry showed alcohol, chronic alcohol, exposure is associated with systemic dysregulation of the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis sympathetic adrenal medullary systems, and sex steroid systems. So what this means is that your capacity to handle stress is reduced and or you're hypersensitive to everyday stressors, even more stress than you would be if you didn't drink alcohol. And the more you drink, the more you develop sympathetic dominance. That's fight or flight. You're always in damage control mode. And this is the reason why people who have withdrawals are having withdrawals because the sympathetic hormones are up and it's pushing them to drink more alcohol to regulate themselves, especially when you're chronically drinking. It disrupts your heart rate variability. 
This is a big, big marker for how you handle stress in life. It increases your basal heart rate, increases your blood pressure overall. And your sex hormones, when you drink alcohol, are a mess. Fellas, your testosterone will drop, and fellas and ladies, your estrogen levels will rise, and you'll see the manifestation of hormonal dysfunction, like acne, mood changes, sleep disruption, changes in sex drive, fertility issues, weight gain, gut issues, headaches. Ladies, uterine fibroids, breast cysts, hot flashes, menstrual issues, you name it. Alcohol is a multi-systemic forest fire. So to think that exercising, healthy eating, and hydration the next day is a remedy is like thinking you can bring a sand bucket of water to a blazing house fire. So I wonder myself then, what's happening in the public consciousness? Finally, we are seeing how detrimental alcohol is to our health. And I ask myself, what is the question why the consciousness is shifting? Are we all questioning why do we drink? Are we supposed to be drinking? Is it because other people are drinking? Do I even like drinking? How do I feel after it? And why am I choosing to dishonor my body with alcohol, right? Are these questions that are arising because what we're seeing in the numbers is there's a massive shift from alcohol to sober. So whatever the questions are that are being raised, something is changing. So dig this. As of 2021, 60% of United States adults report drinking alcohol beverages such as liquor, wine, or beer. That's a decrease from 65% in 2019. Gallup is an organization that has been recording since 1939 all of alcohol consumption in the United States. And the lowest we saw was 55%, and that was about 1957-58. And most recently, the lowest we saw was about 89-90, which was 56%. But for us, from 65 to 60% is a huge drop in two years. In 2019, the average number of drinks reported in the last seven days was four. And in 2021, is 3.6. Beer and liquor are more popular amongst young drinkers, while wine is more likely to be an older drinker's preference, and we know that. But in early September, we saw a Vice article come out, and it went viral. And it was called, How Alcohol Lost Its Cool. And we remember it's glorified through time and music and movies and all the cool things to do, right? And sometimes it was even a more distinguished choice. And if you didn't make it, you certainly were alienated or isolated for being wrong. Are you... An alcoholic? Are you recovering? What's wrong with you? Are you sick? And in 2022, there was a study in the British Journal of Sociology and it had some astonishing data that was found. Authors stated that there's a recent decline in alcohol consumption among younger generations and it's remarkable and undisputed. We see less frequent drinking, less binge drinking, and the significant numbers of drinking little or nothing altogether is rising. Drinking has fallen the most across Northern Europe and English-speaking world. But also, the very different socio-cultural worlds of Japan and Russia are also reducing their drinking. For example, in Russia, as elsewhere, the youngest cohorts are spearheading this decline on just drinking. What we see is a phenomenon around the world. In the UK, 26% of 16 to 24-year-olds are sober. And the Vice article also states that in August, almost a third of all pub visits in the UK are alcohol-free. And the Google search of sober curious peaked in 2021 following the pandemic. And in 2019, a study in alcoholism, clinical, and experimental research says, here in the United States, drinking has fell dramatically amongst young people. Amongst adolescents and young adults, both males and females are rapidly decreasing alcohol consumption, binge drinking, 
high-intensity drinking, and alcohol-related outcomes, with gender rates converging because males are decreasing consumption faster than females. So it's incredible stuff that we're learning about the scope of alcohol consumption across the states because we know, and now it's coming out more and more through the studies, how detrimental it is for the health. So now we know this stuff, I'm gonna to get to the product review because there's a lot of really good products, non-alcoholic ones out there that I wanna to introduce to you for you to try out. So let's get to this product review. All right, sober curiosity is real. In 2021, there was a survey by a Nielsen IQ and it showed that 22% of consumers reported that they were cutting back on alcohol consumption and drinking less. And when asked why they were drinking less, the top consumer response noted health and wellness as 34%, loss of interest as 36%, and just not going out as much as 37%. But 13% were interested in alternative non-alcoholic beverages. And the Nielsen IQ data showed in 2021 Within the United States off-premise market, consumers spent a total of $3.3 billion on non-alcoholic or low-alcoholic products. So non-alcoholic beverage market grew 506% since 2015. And non-alcoholic products are seeing a 19% increase in dollar sales, whereas total alcohol sales are down 6.7%. And year over year, the non-alcoholic spirits category has ballooned to 113.4% on the delivery app Drizzly, and the category sales are even higher, where they spiked to 290% in 2021. And as Nielsen states, rising interest in health and wellness will shape long-term market movements and is likely to drive the continuous growth of low and non-alcoholic beverage sector. And they said that Buzzless beverages will be one of the biggest trends of 2022, and they were right. Did you know that the average person spends 252 hours a year hungover? And how are you going to get that time back, right? And this is where the non-alcoholic drinks and beverages are coming to the forefront. So total revenue in the non-alcoholic drink market in 2022 was $1.25 trillion. The market is expected to grow annually by 7.2%. All right, so I want, let me preface this. All my product reviews, you know my style. I go for organic, top quality, best of the best. But this is a new field, a new industry. So there's a lot of room for growth. So I gave the non-alcoholic beverage industry a little more slack, and here's why. Anything's better than alcohol. So when I listed all of these drinks, I wanted to just give you the preface that says some of them are organic, some of them are not. But here are some of my favorite non-alcoholic drinks out there. So we can do them in categories. There's non-alcoholic spritz and carbonated beverages, which are the ones that I probably drink the most. Kin is a very popular one out there. They have an energy one, they have a night one. Uh, you heard me talk about sound before. This is actually organic and high quality. This is like more like a sparkling tea. Avec is one that I've tried. I really like that one. They have some really cool flavors. The uh, Soie by Katy Perry is, is a good one. It's not one of my favorite ones flavor-wise, but it's one that's rising in popularity. I have a personal taste for the aperitifs, which are my favorite. I love Gia, Figlia, and For Bitter or Worse. I guess I would describe the aperitifs as having a orange cherry flavor, um, but they're really, really good, especially if you mix them with carbonated beverages. 
And I also hear Liars is pretty good. Now I can't fully speak to non-alcoholic beer. I've never tried it, but there is an organic one that I came across and it's called the Sober Carpenter. So if you are a beer drinker and you wanna explore a non-alcoholic option, try this one. Non-alcoholic wine I haven't drank much of. Um, I drank a few and I'll name them but there's always a danger of it just tasting like grape juice. One of the brands that I like is the Non Brand and Proxy. Those are two that have really good non-alcoholic wine. But you gotta remember, if you're gonna be drinking this every single day or regularly, then you wanna look for one that has an organic label for sure, uh, because the danger is in pesticide exposure. And the spirits are some of my favorite ones out there. I wish they had better formulas. They're new to the market, and I'm hoping they start to morph into better quality ones but Ritual Zero Proof is a really good one, and Monday. They have the most authentically tasting spirits out there, and I was very impressed when I tried it. Um, but hopefully it gets better over time. I also like Clean Company, Optimist, and Seedlip. Those are all really good alternatives, uh, priced fairly for what they are, but uh, delicious. So look, what I'm proposing to you here is just to explore, right? I'm not saying give up all alcohol, but maybe reduce it and start introducing different drinks that are non-alcoholic. This beverage industry has refined itself over the years and they're so much better tasting. And no, just be aware that the health detriment of alcohol is not worth it. Even one, two, three drinks a week is going to catch up over time. And I say this just from a medical standpoint. And then, you know, go back to my other show where I talk about 125, where why do you drink alcohol? And the question is why? Are you drinking it because you're around people who drink or it's something you're supposed to do or it's a way that you feel good in your body when you're around people? And is there a way that you can start feeling good in your body without alcohol, having conversations and being authentic and sharing the ritual of drinking something that doesn't have alcohol with friends? Something that I'm submitting to you, what you do, what aligns with you is what you choose and I honor that. But check out those companies, you may like them. And thank you for listening to the show. So much love. I really, really appreciate you coming to the show, taking the time out of your day. Listen, rate and review and subscribe. Help us grow this show. I appreciate all the love and I'll see you next week.